The Defense Department's Transition Assistance Program, known as TAP, helps service members getting ready to leave the military. Federal News Network's Alexandra Lohr reports the program is not working as well as its managers think it should, and Alexandra joins me in studio. Alex, what is the problem with TAP? Well, the basic problem is they don't feel like people who need it are using it as much as they should. There's a lot of concern that some of the members who get out of the service have trouble getting jobs. There's some homeless problems. There's mental illness problems. Uh, homeless veterans make up nearly 10% of the country's homeless population. And of the 250,000 unemployed vets last year, 54 were prime, were prime working ages of 25 to 54. So the Defense Department really wants to get to that and, and the TAP program is a combination of an of an effort between the Department of Labor, the Department of Defense, and the Department of Veterans Affairs. So they've got this program going, and there are some rules that they have to abide by set by Congress. One of them is that people have to start this at least a year in advance. They don't. Uh, so last Wednesday, there was a House Committee on Veteran Affairs that took up the matter and tried to get some resolution on why isn't it happening, why isn't it happening as well as it should be. Here's the committee's chairman, Congressman Derek Von Orden of Wisconsin. We've heard of the need for more mental health counseling. We've heard of the need for more individualized training sessions. And we've heard of the need for a warm handoff for service members that are at risk of being homeless and uh, food insecure. We need to be creating more connections like these for our service members. We need to ensure that the transition process is started when it is legally required to ensure service members can take advantage of all the tools that are offered to them. Well, the question is, does everyone actually need to start the process a year in advance? I mean, if you've got a vice presidency lined up for, you know, Booz Allen or Lighthouse or something, maybe maybe you don't. I think that's exactly the important question. And so the way they have it set up is they when you first go and you do a self-assessment and they figure out what, what your plan is, they put you in three categories. They're, they're called tiers. First tier, people are have jobs lined up. They have family support. They're going to go rocket in the civilian world. Then there's a middle tier that maybe doesn't have as quite a good setup, but they've got some possibilities. Third tier candidates are people who are really at risk of food insecurity, of homelessness. They really need, they need the help from this program. So there are a couple different parts of the course, there, and there are two classes. One is a two-day class, and it goes through some basics of how you get a job, what you do to get a job, how you write a resume. And then there's a three-day course, and the three-day course goes into more in-depth scenarios about getting a job. Well, what they were finding is that while lots of people go to the two-day course, the three-day course is just not as well attended. Last December, the Government Accountability Office published a report about TAP. They found some of these problems. Here's Don Locke, the Director of Strategic Studies at GAO. The services waived the two-day courses requirement for 53% of service members. That's a little more than 64,000 men and women. Notably, 22% of Tier 3 service members did not attend a two-day class as required. Now keep in mind, the Tier 3 service members are those who are most vulnerable for transition challenges, and nearly a quarter of them are not taking the two-day class. I guess I'm trying to get my head around why you need to start a year in advance for a two-day class. But that aside, how do they, in the military, 
propose to solve this problem to get people to the three-day class in plenty of time to plan their lives? Well, it's not just the, the two classes. It's a whole series of counseling and transitioning and figuring out how to do things. Also, you know, the benefits are a little complicated. And if you don't know how to navigate the benefit system, then you're not likely to get them. So it's really important that they train you what you're eligible for, if you're eligible for tuition assistance or, you know, what things you can get so that when you get out, you have those things available to you. And those that 22% of Tier 3 people not taking that class, that's 11,000 service members who really needed that help and weren't getting it. The GAO says the Defense Department hasn't really done any studies on how this program works in the end. They've done some studies on people attending the classes, but not the results once they get out into the civilian world. So one of the things the committee wants them to do is find some way to quantify their success and are they doing it right or are they not? And then the other thing is there's a lot of discussion about holding leaders, military leaders responsible for the attendance of service members in their command. If people aren't going to things, obviously that in, in some way is a command decision. You know, I get the sense that there are a certain portion of service members who come into the military because that's their main option in life as they see it. And they might be from areas where there are not so much opportunities or where the educational background hasn't been as strong or they might come from an impoverished background and the military is a way out, but they don't come with the tools needed to do life planning beyond that. And so even though they might have had a good time in the military, a good period, they still don't have the tools for the rest of life, unlike someone that might have come in through ROTC or a more privileged, if you will, type of background. Well, I think that's true. And the other thing is anyone who changes jobs with a dramatic change of job culture or a move across the country, if you think about what they're leaving, they're leaving a very stable system where they shop at the PX and they have these benefits and this post and all their friends who they've known for as long as they've been in the service. And they're walking away from all that. So I think it's it. It's hard if you don't have the skills, but it's also sort of a frightening thing to do. And the military is trying to close that gap a little for them. The accountability piece is something that they really want to address. And here's Don Locke talking about that. We did not look into data on commander accountability, but what we did hear across the services and in the installations we visited, that commanders are not being held accountable. So it was suggested to us ways that could this could be improved by, for example, incorporating TAP into commander performance metrics because we know what gets measured is what gets done. And the other unstated thing in all of this, I think, Alex, is the fact that for a commander, they're concerned with performance, readiness, and otherwise good qualities of the troops they have under their command. And once someone is on their way out, hey, that's not my problem anymore. That guy is now a veteran. That gal is not a veteran. And so really, why should that be a high, just to play devil's advocate for a given commander, what's the difference when someone's leaving, they're gone? Well, that's exactly right. And that is part of what, what's happening. And uh, Congressman Van Orden had suggested that promotions be held up if these wickets weren't met. But in, in backtracking on that a little bit, it's also important to note that some of these statistics they have come from when COVID restrictions were in place. And these classes were in bricks and mortar classrooms. And all of a sudden, they didn't have that ability. So that also really hurt their ability to run the classes. All right, so they're going to maybe put in some of these measures then for commanders and to make sure that people get the whole program for its entire duration. That's what they're saying. Federal News Network's Alexandra Lohr, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. And check out her story at federalnewsnetwork.com.